ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we are uh, still, well, Father is still in the midst of helping direct a 30-day retreat at Broom Tree Retreat Center. Um, uh, summer is, is officially almost to us, Father. Uh, things going well for you down there? Going very well. Lots of uh, wonderful graces uh, for the men. Uh, meeting our Lord, receiving His love, uh, graces of conversion, and Good graces for me uh, as well. Excellent. And you're almost done, too. Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, if um, This is a really bad segue, but it doesn't matter. Uh, if you've got questions, comments, concerns, complaints about our inane banter, send them my way by email, uh, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org, c-b-u-r-g-w-a-l-d at s fcatholic.org ideas for future topics things you want us to stop talking about like the weather whatever it is email it to me and uh, we will address it there is still still listeners um, a a uh, a contest coming with an exciting prize not a multi-million dollar lottery but but probably something more <coughs> meaningful god bless you father thank you so uh, that's in the future, though. Um, just wanted to tease that again. Uh, today, we are going to talk about uh, a, 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 I don't know, event, I guess, that uh, Pope Francis was part of last Friday that he led um, in, in Rome, um, of course. He, he met with students at a number of Jesuit schools from, I think, from around Italy. Uh, and uh, you can you can find the transcript online now. One of these, you know, it's sort of becoming typical for Francis. Benedict did Q&As uh, himself. John Paul II, of course, did um, uh, a sit-down interview that became a book, um, at least one, I think. Uh, and, 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 but Francis is doing this even more often, and, and his sometimes are completely unscripted, and that's what happened last Friday. Um, you, you can find the transcript of this event uh, in a couple places online. Um, but Father, I, I, you, you and I were talking about this uh, before we uh, started recording. I just got a kick out of the fact, you know, this is how it begins. Dear youngsters, dear young people, I prepared this address to give you, but there are five pages, somewhat boring. Let's do something. I'll make a summary, and then I'll give this to the Father Provincial, uh, so you have it in writing. Um, and so he gives the summary, and then they do Q&A. Yeah. So, he, <laughs> you know, I wrote this talk, but it's kind of stupid, or dull, not stupid, dull. So let's just do, I'll summarize it, and let's do Q&A. So he just, they did Q&A the whole time. Um, I loved this thing. He, he, he says, at the end of his introduction. Now I'm ready to answer some questions that you wish to ask youngsters, educators. I'm at your disposition, your disposal. Um, I've asked the Father Provincial to help me with this. The Father Provincial, the, the Jesuit priest leading this, Holiness, the questions were prepared, so will you take them as they come? Okay, just checking. So here we go. <laughs> that's... I'm not going to be sent uh, to... Uh, uh... Well, it's funny, that's not, that's not really a Jesuit spirit there, but anyways... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sort of, I have no responsibility for what happens here whatsoever. Total disclaimer. <laughs> you asked for it. Yeah, exactly. So, 
so yeah, there's the young people, students, but also some some teachers, who um, you know when you print this out, it's it's over three pages of questions and answers. I, I don't know how long in terms of time this event went, but it's just just I don't know. I I, I think this is. Uh, a style that resonates well with our age. Just to begin with that point, Father, I think that 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 people are are entranced by this aspect of Francis's personality. What do you think? Well, I think definitely. So get that kind of off the cuff aspect in that way. And I, I, again, I think that's um, actually. Uh, I think that uh, my my initial perception is that's probably a little more of like maybe that uh, we might think of it as like the relaxed third world or South America. Uh, culture in that way. But at the same time, even I'm saying that, I know that um, in some Latin Americans that I met, uh, Mexico, South America, are very much on uh, propriety and things like that. So it might be not so much be a cultural thing, but maybe just more of the person. Right. Francis. Yeah. So in any case, people seem to, to respond to, to this this uh, common approach that he has. Uh, and there were a couple of things, you know, Father and I were we're discussing the other day, you know, a topic for for this this episode, um, and there there are a couple things that he he speaks to in this address that that we thought were worth highlighting. And one of the things, just uh, to, to first point, Father, that's um, one of the things with with Pope Francis. I have three point th- three words I would like to speak to you today. Boom, boom, boom. Thank you very much. Have a good day. I mean, you know, they're pretty. His, his remarks tend to be pretty short. They tend to be pretty along the same themes. But you know, it, it's I think it's worth repeating is with the points he's trying to make, just in terms of a general methodology or pedagogy that he seems to be following. Have you have you found that to be the case? Yeah, it certainly seems to be his pedagogy, his, his mode of acting. Yeah, so so in, in this case, uh, discipleship is is a theme that in our own diocese that that uh, is becoming uh, more and more and rising to the top, or more apparent, more obvious. That that you know, in terms of 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 my part of diocesan work and the others that I work with, uh, we're, we're, we've certainly seen it being given more attention, and we're giving more attention to it with some initiatives that are going on here in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, but it's certainly, <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe we haven't used the term disciple or discipleship as often. We tend to use terms like catechesis and maybe religious education. But obviously, uh, the idea of discipleship is something that's been around for, oh, about 2,000 years, right? Yeah, well, Biblical. No one has. I mean, uh, I can. My experience. It's certainly something very much that um, focused. The Fellowship of Catholic University students talks about a lot, and uh, soon to come, at least in the Sioux Falls Diocese, of uh, the White Disciple Program of Jim Beckman uh, has it in its very name. But again, it's 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 a biblical. Idea. And it's even. I mean, it's before Jesus's own time. Right. It's uh, it's, it's even just a, a wonderful human idea. Um, planted in us by the Creator in that way to kind of work in this model. Yeah, and so, I mean, we, we could uh, we could spend, a, well, multiple episodes talking about discipleship, but just keying in on, on one of Francis's, one of the, 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 a question posed by a student and then his answer, he talks about the importance of walking with others um, in sort of this broad context. So the idea of discipleship, when we look, you know, at Scripture, Jesus calls 
disciples. He calls certain individuals. Uh, obviously, we think of the 12 apostles, but others as well were called to be his disciples, to be his followers. Um, and, and several things, I think, that are worth pointing out. One of them would be that oftentimes uh, that was done indirectly. I think particularly, you know, you and I have talked and bef- uh, spoken before about um, your namesake, St. Andrew, one of the first who, who uh, together with, with St. John, who first followed Jesus at the, at the direction of John the Baptist. And Andrew, in turn, was the one who brought his brother, Simon, Simon Peter. Um, to, to Jesus. So that indirect nature of, of disciples calling others to be disciples of Jesus. But then the other thing, too, that we see is so often disciples are called and sent um, in community with one another, at, at least two by two. You know, we were about Jesus sending them two by two, but they're often called two by two as well. Again, John and Andrew. Um, later in the other accounts, we read them when they become apostles. John um, and his brother James, Andrew and his brother Simon. So, so the idea of walking together, I know that that struck you in, in one of Francis's uh, answers. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things I like about this, Dr. Bergwald, is that it helps us to understand what discipleship is. I think one of the dangers we have um, in, and it's just in American life right now, or Western civilization, is that things become buzzwords, and they become detached from their meaning. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I remember growing up and the Michael Jackson song, Bad, came out. You know, oh, bad's something good. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you are one bad man. Um, <laughs> right. Right. And so I think uh, his answer here just kind of helps us discover being part of the meaning, the hard discipleship which is uh, uh, that walking along uh, uh, with the Master, and it's always a walking with, whether walking with our Lord, and, but also just always usually walking with another uh, fellow Christian, you know, with that example of the, the calling of the disciples in pairs, Peter and, uh, Peter and Andrew, James and John, uh, and so on and so forth, that, um, which is a good first help to understand and enter in a little bit more to the meaning of discipleship. So I, it, how, how so? What, what's what's the importance of that? What's the you know I, I, you make you, you started there with a, the, a great point that so oftentimes uh, things get detached from their meaning and even you know I, I there are several things uh, over the last I don't know ten years certainly I think that sometimes have become um, buzzwords uh, or fads you know, almost theology of the body comes to mind new evangelization evangelization is is that, I think yeah. So, so in this context, this whole, what is the importance um, of, of walking together with someone else in our common discipleship? Definitely. Well, I think his answer itself, so the, the, the question, I don't know if we put the full scope of the question, this young man, Francisco Bassini, um, did you do a little Italian boy voice there? It was pretty good, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, he talks about how he's seeking, he's seeking to believe, seeking to be faithful, but he have di- I have difficulties, I have doubts. Um, and so uh, discipleship is always directed towards belief and towards strengthening belief. Um, so discipleship always has an end in mind. And that end is a greater relationship, a greater intimacy with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right. and a greater confidence of, that, of living that intimacy in daily life. And so... Um, like uh, whether it's uh, uh, whether it's facing the challenges of just day to day living, whether it's some of the substantial challenges of life, whether it's the great questions of life, you know, just kind of say maybe three different modes of uh, of the challenges we face or the difficulties and doubts we encounter. 
Um, discipleship is really geared, it, it is Jesus' method of living that out. Because if you look at the life of the disciples, Peter, James, John, Andrew, James, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Simon, Jude, um, Judas, is that they encountered difficulties and doubts and different things as they walked with Jesus. But in the companionship, the friendship with Jesus, uh, that grew and developed, that was instantaneous, and their companionship and fellowship with each other, that that... Um, it began to fill out, and their faith began to be vibrant and living filled out. They're doing it with others, and so relationships. You know, we, we, we've been t- uh, discipleship, uh, talking about a lot lately about, you know, the importance of, uh, for us to have the, that, that, that personal relationship with God. Uh, but that happens, as we're seeing here, as you're just saying, that happens most effectively when we're doing it with other people because that's how God made us, because that's how He is, right? I mean, the whole, God is Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is a community, one being, one in nature, but three persons within that common nature. Uh, similarly, uh, in, in, but in a creaturely way, we as human beings are created for relationships. We see that in all sorts of natural ways, obviously, family, spouses, children, friends. Um, but it also, it, 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 it's, it's simply what it means to be human. We're creating the image and likeness of God. It applies just as well to our discipleship as Christians. As you said, it predates Christianity. It's, it, it's, a, it's a very a, a, a biblical practice, uh, going back to the people of the Old Testament as well. Yeah, and even just, even it's, 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 a, it's a mundane practice, if you will, of Think about like apprenticeship, you know, of the way that you would learn a craft, as whether maybe a, uh, a a tanner with leathers or a uh, a, a blacksmith or a metalsmith in any sort of way, or, or a cook. You know, you would learn, you know, in relationship with the master and in doing, and it would flow out from there. Because, and this gets to something that I've really been stressing for, well, for some time now, and this goes back to some of my earlier remarks about discipleship being synonymous with religious ed properly understood or catechesis properly understood. Uh, the whole idea of apprenticing, um, uh, a mentorship rela- relationship with, with someone, with others, uh, points to the fact that, that discipleship, catechesis, religious ed, is not purely or exclusively an intellectual, cognitive reality. It certainly includes those things, but it's more than that. It's a craft. It's a way of life. You know, I can learn things uh, intellectually. Uh, I can receive cognitive information, and we do that very well in a classroom setting. Um, But discipleship, following Jesus Christ, even that, that language, following Jesus Christ, it includes coming to know him and what he's taught us, but, but it's, it's, it's more than just intellectual and cognitive. It's, it's a way of life as well. And therefore, we do see what you're just saying, that the, you know, learning all those various crafts, um, how to do things, that is most effectively done when you're following the example of another. And for us, I think, you know, something that comes to mind this way is that's one of the important reasons for veneration of the saints. Uh, we, we follow their example. They are the masters. Uh, they, we, we seek to apprentice ourselves to them, so to speak, in mentoring. Um, and, and certainly as well with those who are living, but that's, that's an important aspect, I think, of, of veneration of the saints, don't you? Very much so. Uh, and in some ways, this, this idea of um, this, I don't know if we use the word holistic, but a more 
human, a more fully human approach to learning growth uh, and the aim of, or, or the way that we grow, the way that we learn as humans, it, it's very much a response to our age, too. It's, it's necessary in our age. We talked a bit about this last week in our Ignition uh, uh, broadcast on, uh, on beauty. You know, that, uh, we're, we're just very intellectualized right now, conceptualized. Yep. We're always trying to just conceive things. We don't want to act until we can conceive it, right? Especially even now in the information age, all the more, not just the last two centuries, the last decade, uh, really fully entering into the information age, it seems. Unless I can grab my mind right, I don't want to do it. But part of anything in life is that sometimes you have to do it in order to learn it. Yeah, the, the, they're, you know... Um in theo- some theologians are talking about the or in philosophers for for the last couple of decades have been stressing the importance of practices of of things that we do uh, oftentimes including our bodies that reinforce the doctrines that there's this relationship and and for us as Catholics like the uh, amen I mean we, we because we so emphasize that sacramental aspect of what it means to be Christian. All, all sorts of our devotions are bodily. You know, a rosary with rosary beads, uh, stations of the cross. Uh, you know, the list can go on and on. But but the uh, the, the liturgy itself, the sacraments, obviously, um, are, are are bodily in nature because that's what it means to be human, and that reflects the incarnational dimension of our faith. Jesus Jesus became flesh. Jesus took on human nature. We as human beings are not disembodied sort of spirits or intellects floating in the ether. We have bodies, and and our bodies um, can help us. That's just really putting it poorly, but for lack of a better word right now, it can help us deepen our faith, make it more real in our lives. Very much so, and so that's that's kind of that necessary uh, aspect. And and, and why discipleship is important to our era, and it's important to keep the meaning of discipleship uh, true to what it is, and not just let it become the buzzword of the day for catech- the same old catechesis. Yep, absolutely. So, Father, anything else about uh, on this point of, of his answer uh, and this whole idea of discipleship that that uh, you you think's worth making, or should we move on to I the second? Maybe just end with an actual quote of his of his words there. Uh, if that be okay? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, his answer then to this young man's desire to seek, uh, to seek to be faithful against difficulty and doubts. He says, to walk is an art, because if we always walk in a hurry, we get tired, we can't reach the end, the end of the road. On the other hand, if we stop and don't walk, we won't reach the end either. So to walk is, in fact, the art of looking at the horizon to think where I want to go, but also to endure the exhaustion of the walk. So many times the walk is difficult, it's not easy. I want to remain faithful to this path, but it's not easy. Listen, there is darkness. There are days of darkness, also days of failure, also days of falls. One falls, falls. However, always think of this. Have no fear of failures. Have no fear of falls. What matters in the art of walking is not to fall, but not to stay fallen, to get up fast immediately and continue walking. And this is beautiful. This means to work every day. This is to walk humanly. But it's also hard to walk alone, hard and boring. To walk in community with friends, with those who love us, this helps us. It helps us, in fact, to arrive at the end to which we must go. 
Yeah. I love the beginning. To walk is an art. So what we were saying about craft. And then at the end, to walk alone, um, it's hard. It's hard and boring. To walk in community with friends with those who love us, this helps us. That's, yeah. He well, pretty, I love the idea of the humanly, to walk humanly. Yeah. And Barry, that point where you're saying about how we learn as humans, and that always just in, in conceptualizing and doing, but sometimes we have to do in order to realize how to and what it means. Exactly. So there's this the, the second point or that, that we want to highlight, at least. Again, there, there's a number of questions and answers, but, but one that, that Father and I want to focus on. Uh, and the question actually comes from uh, the transcript says the professor, so one of the teachers, at least, uh, uh, of these students from Jesuit schools who are, who are assembled together with Pope Francis. Uh, and the, the professor, uh, his question gets to the... the the point of how do we live out our faith in life, particularly with regard to politics. Um, again, this is in Italy, but the question concludes, I wonder about our political, our social commitment in society as adults in the Jesuit schools. Can you give us a word? How our commitment, our work today in Italy, in the world, can be Jesuit, can be evangelical. Uh, so we could say can be Christian. Um, and, and the whole Holy, Holy Father gives, gives uh, an answer there. Father, do you want to... Uh, do you want to highlight? I know there's some things about that you really liked. Yeah. Well, I, even just first of all, um, the, the, the questioner himself, uh, Professor uh, Jesus Maria Martinez, uh, Spanish, uh, says, uh, you know, how how can our work today in the world be Jesuit? Right away, the Holy Father uh, doesn't accept that little labeling, which just maybe insider politics is just a nice little deflection on his part. Um, First of all, he talks about there's an obligation to be Christian. I think it'd be good to talk about that. He also talks about playing pilot, yep. uh, washing our hands, um, and uh, we must labor uh, in the political life as our um, uh, as our part of our duty. Um, and then finally, um, the uh, the soiling of politics. He notes the soiling of politics. S o i l i n g. Dirty. Yeah. So, with regard to the 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 first, um, he says to be involved in politics is an obligation for Christians, for for, for a Christian. Uh, it's a duty, and the Catechism speaks about this again. We've we've heard this before, but but Francis is repeating what we've what we believe as as Catholics as Christians, that 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 we. We're not called to escape from the world. We are called to live the gospel out within the world, to bring the gospel to bear in, our, in all aspects of our lives, our daily lives, uh, in every way that we live. And that includes political involvement, that we, we can't separate what we do as citizens politically from what we believe and what we do as Christians, that it's, it's got to be a word you used uh, with regard to the, the first question, the, the point of discipleship, it's got to be more holistic than that. We can't bifurcate ourselves. We can't divide ourselves. Well, this is how I act politically. This is how I act religiously. No, if, if, if we're being true to our Christian faith, it's got to be, all, we've got to live out the same principles in every aspect of our life, right? Exactly right. You know, and um, uh, But even just, we have an obligation to be informed about politics. I think uh, sometimes maybe we might want to hide in piety and say, well, you know, I'm just going to be concerned with Jesus and I'm not going to be concerned with these political things. Uh, no, we actually have an obligation to be informed, not necessarily like running as a politician or an advocate for a particular politician. Um, we need to know, especially in a democracy such as Italy, like the United States, we need to know 
candidates and issues and stances. Yep. And, and for some of us, and I think that, um, you know, I, I'd love to see more people prayerfully discerning this, but that might entail involvement in politics. I mean, it, of course, it'd be, you know, <laughs> it goes without saying that it'd be great if, if more people who seek to live out their faith in every aspect of their life were to consider or be open to the idea that God is calling them to public service. Right. But I think it begins also with the, re- with the recovery of the fact that this is even a moral obligation to take part in civil society in this way or to be informed as you do it. You know, and it's even, um, I don't know if the Catechism strictly speaks of it in this way, but you know, whether we can consider it you know, something confessible if we haven't invested ourselves to know the moral issues involved in politics. Right. Right. And he says it's a duty for us to be aware and to be involved in, in accord with how we are called. So. Right. Uh, that kind of brings us, I think, to that next point of his, that we can't just play Pilate. Now, of course, there he's alluding to Pontius Pilate uh, from the Gospels and in, in the Passion narrative. Pontius Pilate was the Roman governor of, uh, of Israel in that area, and it was uh, to him that uh, the Sanhedrin, uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees, brought uh, Jesus to present him to be crucified because they, under Roman law, they couldn't enact the death penalty themselves. They had to get the Roman approval for the death penalty. And so they present Jesus uh, before uh, Pontius Pilate and prevent, present their reasonings. And Pilate on his own sees nothing wrong with him, but in order to um, kind of uh, get himself out of it, he says, because any fear is a revolt of the people, he uh, capitulates and allows Jesus to be... Uh, to be killed, uh, not to be released, even though he didn't see any harm with them. But then he uh, washes his hands. He does a symbolic washing of his hands uh, in front of the crowd, as if to say, you know, well, this this isn't my action. This is your action. I'm just going along. But even just going along in that way, we're we're still guilty. I think is the Holy Father's point. Yeah, it, it's it might be as you know it's the whole idea of being soiled or. It might be, in a sense, dirty, but we're still called to not, not to become morally dirty, not to get our hands dirty in that sense, but we're called to be involved, even though it might be, maybe another, another term fits, messy. Uh, it might be difficult. Right. And so the call for Pilate there wasn't to capitulate and wash his hands. The call to Pilate was to stand up for truth. Right. Right. And, and he didn't. And so you know, how many times do we not stand up for truth in order to... Uh, not out of, out of a false wisdom in some way, to protect something that maybe doesn't need to be protected. And, and the way he put it, I think it very, definitely resonated with me, you know, made me stop it. Think, I think oftentimes faithful Christians, well, it's somebody else's fault, uh, and, he's, and, he, and he calls us on that. Um, no, you, it's, you don't just blame somebody else. How is it that God's asking you to address this problem? How involved are you, as you were saying just a moment ago, um, in terms of, of, of my informing myself, becoming aware of the issues in politicians? Which, which I think kind of moves us to that final point then of being soiled, and that the place to renew in politics is by you know, not forcing some change in someone else, but ourselves being that, that change, that difference. Yep, Absolutely. So we're, we're we, we, again, I think, you know, if we're praying, we're always seeking to know and do God's will for our lives, including, maybe in a more intentional way, if this is an area we need to focus on in our, in our own life, um, how we can do that um, in politics as well. 
So, Father, I think uh, we'll wrap this episode up. Again, listeners, if you have any questions, comments that you want to send our way, don't hesitate to email me with any questions, ideas for future episodes, and so on. The email address once more, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Until next time, dear friends, may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.